and welcome to At the Forefront FinTech Conversations. I'm Michael Kingsley, a Senior Vice President at Forefront Communications. And Forefront is a specialized marketing and PR firm focused on the capital markets and institutional FinTech sectors. Today, I'm joined by David Hagen, Head of Product at our client, Luminex Trading and Analytics. Hi, David. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. And Whit Connery, the CEO of Level ATS. Hi, Whit. Hey, Michael. Uh, thanks for having us on. It's a pleasure. Great. Happy to have you guys. Now, as many of our listeners may know, Luminex is a unique trading venue. It's a dark pool that offers low-cost trading and superior execution quality with minimal information leakage, but it accomplishes this in a very special way. Its participants are exclusively on the buy side. Luminex was launched in 2015 by a consortium of nine leading investment managers that wanted to create a safe and efficient utility for trading large blocks of shares. Five years later, Luminex is still fulfilling that mission, regularly at the top name, regularly the top name or among the top names in FINRA's 10K block trading category. And they've made significant upgrades to their platform along the way. In 2018, Luminex added conditional orders to the venue. And just last year, Luminex rolled out a brand new user interface that's increased engagement as it makes trading with Luminex and trading blocks in general easier than ever before. This week, Luminex announced the most significant upgrade to its platform to date, a speed upgrade to its matching engine. That means that today the venue is operating exponentially faster than it did before. To build this new matching engine, Luminex turned to a very interesting partner, Level ATS. As an equities dark pool themselves, in some sense, Level could be considered a competitor to Luminex, but that's not how Luminex saw it. So Dave, to start off, why don't you tell us about how you and Luminex decided to go with Level? Now, you'd known WIT for some time. Yeah, Michael, WIT and I both started in the industry 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, David. <laughs> Times four. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I actually did meet WIT in my first job in the industry. This is back on the Boston Stock Exchange. I won't date myself, but it has an eight handle on it. It was 89. So I, I started working on the front desk as a runner, as a clerk, and uh Eventually went on to be a trader and a specialist. Wit ran the biggest, I believe, Wit, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the biggest $2 brokerage business on the Boston Exchange. And uh, we became colleagues. We worked orders together, uh, went on many golf trips together and adventures that were probably not relevant for this podcast, but lots of fun. And uh, I think the key word there is the trust that was developed and the, sort of the friendship, honestly over 30 years. So we eventually, my firm eventually acquired Wit's firm towards the end in the late 90s. I don't remember the date exactly, Wit, but. Yeah, it was uh, towards the late 90s. Yeah. So that's that's how I got to know Wit, and I consider him a good friend and uh, someone I trust and trust his judgment, which we'll talk about as we move forward in this. Wit, Wit, is that how uh, how you remember it? No, that's exactly how I wore I blue, you wore it. gray, that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember a young Dave Hagen coming to the Boston Stock Exchange uh, years ago. Um, I'm not going to age myself too much here, but uh, yeah, and you know, one of the one of the great things about this partnership really is the fact that I think Dave and I have both had such a diverse background in in trading between you know floor brokerage institutional trading, uh, the specialist side of the business, that it really gives you a unique view into, you know, where technology is taking us these days. So to work with somebody that I've had such a history with um, has been a great, great experience. 
That's great. Yeah, I, I love the aspect that you know not everybody has to be competitors at all the time, all the time, and you guys can you know sort of put down the swords or, or start fighting in the same direction occasionally. Um, so, so Dave, tell us how you thought of level when you when uh, Luminex was trying to figure out how to make these upgrades. Uh, what what drove the decision to upgrade, and then how did you arrive at uh, level is the right answer? Sure, Michael. Yeah. So we actually started looking for a solution, at least discussing a real project to, to update our matching engine and some other things in 2017. <clears throat> so at first it was just, you know, kicking around ideas because we could see visually that we were losing opportunities because we were too slow. You know, Luminex was, excuse me, originally uh, designed for and meant for human to human, by side to by side interactions. Uh, and that's the original platform was built over six years ago. Uh, but as we all know, the business has changed dramatically in the last five years. It's become much more electronified and faster. So we started to notice that we were missing out on opportunities because of our latency. So we started interviewing potential candidates in the middle of 17. And uh, that was an adventure because I've never seen such a disparity in vendors' approach and estimates. It was pretty confusing to me when we started to look around. And that's when I turned to WIT. I was probably early 18 by this point to talk about his experiences and to see if he, did, he had any guidance. And he couldn't say enough good things about the matching engine provider that that was powering their engine. And that started a whole nother dialogue. And uh, I don't know, do you want to chime in and we'll go back and forth on that? Or do you want me to just keep going? Yeah, <laughs> no, Dave, absolutely. I mean, we, we had a great experience. You know, we, we started out by outsourcing our technology to uh, Lava, which was then bought by City. And then years ago, you know, like, like I think yourselves, you go through, you know, changes in the business. And we started looking for, at different vendors um, they did a great job for us, but, you know, we always had to keep evolving and we came upon this, uh, small company thesis that, you know, had a great story. A lot of their, uh, technologists had worked very closely in the trading business along with side traders at ATD. So, you know, it was a mixture of the technology and trading that really, uh, um, made a connection with them for us. And, you know, over time that their technology just did nothing but um, surpass our expectations. So I think it, it seemed like a perfect match for you um, when you were looking for a new one because we had a great experience and it's good to kind of share that along with you. And, um, you know, if you want to take them through the rest of the story wow. from yeah. there. Yeah, so that, that process... You know, we continued, we met with the engineers that, that Witt's talking about. At that at that point, they were a vendor to Wit, and we were very impressed. And so we decided that we were going to move forward. And then a series of circumstances, Wit actually hired those engineers to become full-time level employees. And we signed an agreement with Level. I think I remember Wit because it was the very last day of the year in 2019. So it was last day of December and we embarked on a, on a project. And this was a huge project for Luminex. 
we have a small technology staff. We're, we're a small company, much like WITS. Um, so we started that in earnest. We think we're probably February, March. And David, how many, how many people? Well. How many people at Luminex, and how many at Level? We're 19 people at Luminex. And WIT? So Level, we have 21 people, okay. and uh, eight of those are dedicated to technology down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, great. So tw- about, tw- about 20 folks at each. I'm sorry, Dave, I cut you off. Keep going. No, that's okay. That's okay. And we're, we're a similar ratio. We're heavy on the tech side as well. Probably about half, maybe a touch more. But uh, so anyhow, we embarked on that project. Uh, lots of ups and downs and all over the place, especially given the backdrop of this crazy year, which I think we're going to touch on later. But sure. uh, I'm happy to report we went live in mid-October. It wasn't just a matching engine. This was a whole lift and shift. We moved from NJ2 to MY4. So that's a complete data center move. The goal, the three goals of the project really were faster, simpler, and cheaper. You usually don't hear things like faster and better and cheaper in the same sentence, but that's actually what we achieved. So, uh, Dave, not to cut you off, but we prefer low cost. <laughs> okay, good call. <laughs> so. So January 1st, October timeline for a project of this size, is that, uh, is that about what you would expect? Is that shorter or longer? How did it play out? I would say it took us a couple of months longer than we expected, but a, a lot of that was unwinding old contracts with vendors in the prior data center and things that just took a lot of time. I think the pandemic played into this a bit mm-hmm. as well. I'm don't, certainly not going to use it as an excuse, but we couldn't. It was very difficult to get people physically present in the data center to even turn machines off and spin up new machines. That was a challenge that we had to figure out. Um, so I think doing the whole thing in, in less than a year is actually pretty impressive. So we completely rebuilt the matching engine. Uh, we simplified dramatically all the code that's around that, that feeds orders into the matching engine as well as, like I mentioned, the data center thing is, is pretty big. We, we had nearly 100 servers in NJ2. And the new system that we're running now is about 24 servers. So it's a lot simpler to maintain and manage, and it's much more cost efficient. What's, what's involved in maintaining a server? Money. <laughs> <laughs> Good <What> people. <laughs> But was it uh, keep keeping the fans on or, or um, you know, how did, what needs to happen? It's mainly money and you have to keep, you know, the all the updates that happen weekly, it seems, because I have to do these approval requests and there's mm. stuff that happens in the data center that most of us don't know about and probably don't want to know about, but there's upgrades all the time in the OS and patching and things like that. So when you dramatically reduce the number of servers, it dramatically reduces the cost. That's how you get to the uh, the cheaper or lower cost as uh, as Wit prefers, correct? Uh, that's right. I wasn't implying it was level the vendor that was cheaper. The whole okay. the whole the whole project led to really substantial savings overall. Uh, you know, I, I want to throw a question to to Wit here. So uh, you know from from your point of view, what was what was the biggest challenge you guys saw uh, in, in executing? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I think that um, 
you know, not really a challenge. It's just, you know, you've got these timelines. And I think one of the things is, is that we've had this engine that we've been running for, you know, five on years that's uh, been very stable um, trading environment and switching it over for all of the unique order types that Luminex has, because, you know, it is a completely different business model than ours. Um, and really just getting the, um, the order types and, you know, all of their functionality into the level engine was probably the biggest challenge. That being said, you know, I've got to congratulate the tech team on both sides because these guys worked so amazingly well together in, you know, kind of transcribing and discussing with each other the types of orders and the functionality that was needed. So um, outside of that, I don't see too many challenges. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic had a little bit, uh, threw a little curveball at us. Yeah. Without going too far down the, the rabbit hole, what can you speak a little bit about the differences uh, between the kinds of orders that go through level on a daily basis? And yeah, before you answer that with though, I just want to point out one very unique thing or big difference between level and Luminex, especially as it relates to this project. Uh, the majority of our clients still use our application, the UI, our client interface on their desktop. So that is not something that Level travels in or is not really experienced in. So I think there was a lot of a learning curve with the API to power our front end client experience. That was, I think we got over that pretty quickly, but that was, that was new for the Level side. And uh, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that makes a lot of sense, Dave. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect segue into, you know, kind of the differences between us because you guys do have a front end, you know, very user-friendly front end in order to um, you really fit the needs of the institutional trading community where level was built, you know, back in the days when um, a lot of blocks were going through algos and a lot of firms and broker dealers were starting to develop algo flow and breaking those large blocks into smaller pieces. And level was really, you know, built to accommodate a lot of that algo flow. Um, over time, you know, we do, did build our own um, kind of block uh, product, which is a conditional order type, but it's completely algo based. There's zero human interaction um, in level ATS. And it's all completely machine driven, whereas, you know, Luminex gears much more towards that block um, natural flow. Um, that's good. That suggests a, a next question, which is, Dave, how has the uh, upgrade and rollout been received by clients? What's the feedback you're getting? We've been very impressed. So I would say exceeded expectations. Um, we, we don't see misses from speed. And it's interesting. I know, Michael, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you asked about milliseconds versus microseconds. How can a human eye even perceive that? Right. How does, how, how <laughs> right. Because they're so fast. How can a human being know that something's gone from milliseconds to right. microseconds? That's right. So you're right. The human eye can't see that, but the way, the way it manifests itself is a human is thinking about you know, in Luminex, when you get a match by side to by side, if you're the human side of it, you get a pop up Then you need to think about, you know, do I want to hit the 50% button? Do I want to hit max? Do I want to type in 25K? 
And that could take, I think the average is maybe seven seconds for someone to make a decision. Uh, obviously the computer already made a decision and took an action in microseconds, super fast, right? The way that the humans benefit from this is pre this project, when electronic came order came into our system and it already traded somewhere in another venue because they were faster than us, the human would wait the seven seconds or whatever the average is, hit the button, and then the trade would fall down because the trade already happened somewhere else. Mm. So now that we're faster, the electronics we're not missing, they're sizing up here. And when a human hit, does hit the button, he's likely to trade, much more likely to trade, I should say. So yeah, the, I mean, the data, it's, you know, my boss likes to say, JC likes to say N equals one, because it's been one month, but mm. the data is super encouraging and uh, we're, we're very pleased. So the short version is a lot more fills, right? Yeah. David, how does this uh, upgrade compare to the other ones that I, I mentioned in the introduction? Uh, you know, the conditional orders and the new user interface. Is this, uh, you know, in line with those or is this a, a much more significant upgrade? It was much more significant. Um, the, the move to conditionals was, was not an easy task either. Uh, the complete rewrite of the UI no easy task, but, you know, I like to think about it as the Luminex 2.0, the new UI we rolled out a little hmm, year and a half ago. Um, you know, that was the client facing upgrade and this, what we just completed is the back end upgrade. So we think we've come full circle and we now have a state of the art front end and back end. Uh, Dave, we, we hinted at this before, but what were the specific challenges around accomplishing this during the pandemic? Yeah, it's a great question, Michael. So we went completely virtual like the rest of the world in mid-March, and that's really when the project was getting into full swing. So that presented challenges. I mean, we we couldn't visit South Carolina and sit with the, the level developers. We couldn't even go visit Level, who's eight blocks from our office. So everything had to go online. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the same challenges that everyone else has had this year. You're dealing with little kids and barking dogs and equipment that's not working and <clears throat> zooms that fall apart and all those things presented challenges. I think for Luminex, the first two weeks were pretty terrifying. Most of us had never worked from home. That's not really the trading industry that I grew up in. I never worked from home in my, my entire career. Uh, so that was a big adjustment at, at a very critical time to this project. But I think we got over that pretty quickly. And uh, honestly, we've been super efficient, not only on this project, but in our day-to-day -day support of the Luminex platform. I've been surprised how efficient it's been. And I don't, I don't know what if we had a similar experience, but that was ours. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> as a broker dealer, all broker dealers are expected to have a fairly robust BCP or business continuity plan. And being around for 14 years, you know, we, we've built into our model this business continuity plan that on paper, you do everything you possibly can to make sure it works. You have, you know, everybody's got their home sites that they can work with. You get all the technology set up at home. Um, and then under real world conditions, you really find out how well it works and that, you know, what you 
write down on paper when it becomes actual, you know, it, it's just great to see everybody pull together and, and both teams because, you know, our BCP is for level employees working from home and being able to do their job. But we also had to work with, with another group doing the same thing. Um, so it was really a pleasure to see it all come together and, and work the way it's actually supposed to work. Right. What does this kind of partnership mean for the wider capital markets tech community? Are, are there more opportunities for nominal competitors to be working together? You know, it's too easy to throw out the word competition, but it's also great. The great thing about competition is uh, affording the client base choices in how to do things. And it also lets people, you know, like Luminex and Level talk to each other on how to perform better for that client base. And, and I do think that, um, you know, we all provide different services to offer the complete um, suite of products for a client. And we do offer different products and have, you know, differentiated um, sources of order flow between the two of us. You know, cooperation among, um, if you want to call them competitors, is fantastic because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to provide, you know, just the, the best in class. Uh. Earlier in the podcast, yeah, you said that uh, you suggested that there was a ramp up time involving uh, perhaps legal and compliance and so on. I, I wonder if you could give us a moment on you know, what the general regulatory environment and, you know, how people are thinking about those kinds of things means for the technological side of, of finance. Is there a general challenge to get it? You've just got to, you've got to really make sure that, you know, you, you look at every possible um, issue that you may run into. You've got to uh, make sure that you uh, cross all the T's and dot the I's and the paperwork. Um, you know, you have to have all of the appropriate walls up between technology and, um, you know, and other people in the organization. So, you know, it's really just, just, just like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I've never written code, but just like the uh, technologists, you know, you've just got to really pay attention to detail and make sure that you get it right. Yeah, and you know, to echo that, like my head of compliance, James Dolan, he likes to remind us frequently, you have to do what your ATS says you do. That's where firms get in trouble. Yeah, and got yeah, in trouble correct. That, so. and, and, and I think, think about they, form, form ATS. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think you know one of the one of the great things about this partnership is you know we, it's easy for us to talk about how great the two technology teams work together. But our compliance uh, departments also worked very, very closely together on this to make sure that we had it right. Great. And I'm sure they'll review this podcast, too, to make sure we're, we're all doing everything I'm the right sure way. I'm sure they will, which may um, come into <laughs> also. Um, is there potential for other future projects down the road? Or is it just uh, an example of you know, how, how competitors can work together? Or, or is there specific things that uh, Luminex and Level could, could be doing together down the road? I, I can take a first stab at it. I think there are some definite synergies that Whit and I have already been discussing that are complementary. 
Great. Maybe we have a, a follow-up episode uh, in our future here. So, all right. I think we'll end on that note. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Luminex, you can visit their website at luminextrading.com. If you'd like to learn more about Level, you can visit their website at levelats.com. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about Forefront, you can visit us at forefrontcoms. That's C-O-M-M-S dot com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you, David. Thank you, Whit. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael.